Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome back to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm excited today to introduce you guys to our next guest, uh, Ms. Sean Johnson. I, um, we, we had a friend on, actually a friend of mine, uh, several weeks ago on our podcast, Drew Jackson. And Drew, uh, at the end of it, I was asking him some people that, hey, who do you know that I should know? And he said, well, you got to get to know Sean. She is doing some awesome things within companies, but also doing some great things with generational inclusion and uh, helping with the generations, doing some great stuff. So I reached out to Sean, got to know her a little bit and her story and her passions. And I think you guys are going to be blessed today getting to know Sean, hearing what she talks about and how she helps uh, a wide, wide range of generations. So first off, I want to say Sean. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and have this conversation about one of my favorite topics. So I appreciate Drew's recommendation. And I appreciate you reaching out to me. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Well, Sean, so <laughs> you do, you obviously kind of do a little bit of some of the same stuff that I personally do, which is speak, coach, and train in a very uh, specific uh, area. But I would like to get to know you a little bit more. Like, can you share with us a little bit about your background, um, how you got to where you are now, and and what part of the country are you in as well? Okay, well, I am near Fort Worth, Texas, for starters. I live in the country with my husband and a whole bunch of pets. We are empty nesters, and we've both been in sales. We've been sales professionals, you know, for a long time. Uh, but about um, probably 15 years ago, I got really interested in John Maxwell and leadership and things like that. And I, I believe you're a John Maxwell team member as well, Corey. Uh, and I started that journey doing masterminds, trying to help you know people that were younger than me, especially uh, develop their leadership skills. And so that's been a passion of mine for quite a while. And a couple of years ago, I decided to get out of the sales lane and get into the leadership development and trying to help people become the version of themselves that they most want to be. And that led me to realizing that we have really big generational differences, even when it comes to the topic of leadership and working with younger, you know, millennials, especially and talking to them about leadership, they had completely different ideas about work and the way life's supposed to go. Uh, so that that's how I got to where I am now, where I talk to especially organizations about including every generation, every age in the workplace and not discriminating against people who are older or younger. We all bring value. That's awesome. You know, you, you mentioned something right there. I'm kind of curious about uh, how. So you mentioned older and younger. How are you seeing that they actually view work? Uh, so I, I <laughs> millennial generation and sometimes we get a bad route on how we view work uh, right. but I think I think what you said is view it differently from your experience and your expertise how, how are you seeing the generations view work uh, from their perspective yeah well, that's always the opening discussion is we all come to work with different expectations we all look at it differently 
you know, coming out of the past century, we were still very influenced by the industrial age. We meaning Americans and really um, Western culture and, and even some of the other countries, you know, the Middle East and stuff. So it was all about the, the shareholders and making money and, you know, reaching back into things like Milton Friedman's theories, if any of you know those. I won't elaborate any more than that. But baby boomers love to work. You know, we live to work. We grew up working. It was all about work and status and legacy and how many more hours can we work? And some of that came from our traditionalist parents who uh, looked at work as a you know, responsibility. It was something that you did. You worked for the same company your whole life. And then along came Gen X and they said, no, no, no. You know, we saw with our parents, companies aren't loyal. We want work-life balance. We don't want to spend our whole lives like those boomers at work. And then next, of course, the millennials, they've been called the canary in the coal mine for good reason, because they said, this is crazy. You know, you guys are crazy. <laughs> we don't want to compete. We want to collaborate. We want to work together. We want work to be fun. We know we can work from our cell phone. We don't need to be in the office at 530 or six o'clock every night. Or if they're blue collar jobs, you know, they don't want to work every single weekend. Uh, so it's all changing. And now we have Gen Z, the oldest Gen Zers are, you know, turning 25. And so they've come in and they've got a different perspective than the millennials have. They, they want, um, well, for one thing, they're tech dependent, you know, they can't function without technology and they're not as relationship driven as millennials they are more conservative and pragmatic, more careful with their money. They want work to have a purpose and a meaning and connected to a social cause. So you can see how when you, you start with the, the older generation who, you know, work was just what you did and you were very traditional about it to the younger generation that's like, eh, it has to have meaning. We have to be helping someone. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. You're speaking on the millennial. You're actually speaking my language right there because I, yeah. you know, it's about fun and relationship and collaboration. That's, that's why I do what I do. I enjoy collaborating with people and um, it should be fun and enjoyable, right? It should be fun and enjoyable. What's wrong with these people? Yeah, it should be fun. I know. Um, and, and the millennials are now 50% of the workforce. Yeah, And that surprises people sometimes. And, and they're managing people older than themselves. And uh, so that can, you know, really cause some problems if it's not handled correctly. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned something I find interesting. You mentioned the older generation has has a strong work ethic. And what I heard you say, the millennials want things to be fun and engaging. The youngest, the Gen Z, want to do something for a good cause. And there is power in there, mm -hmm. right? A very powerful team, I would think, if you've got somebody hardworking and people that keep things fun and engaging where it's not just about work and then somebody that's also let's do this for a good cause too but a lot of times i'm sure that does not mesh very well and so <laughs> how do you how do you see or how do you get people to understand one another to kind of come together on that well one of the first things i like to do if i go into an organization to do a workshop and and we're going to really focus on generational similarities because we're alike in many ways and then how we view it differently is we start by sharing stories that were important to us when we were growing up. 
because we're all influenced by things like our parenting styles growing up, uh, the world around us, the economics of our time, the world events, technology. So if we go around a table, let's say we're all sitting at a table and everyone shares a story of something that happened during their growing up years, let's say 10 to 18, eight to 18, that really still sticks with them today, that starts a conversation of why we see the world the way we do. And when we understand that, then we can kind of have some empathy towards one another. We can keep from getting mad at the person that's sitting across the table from us who views work differently than we do. Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of curious as I'm thinking into that, because I've, I've worked with all ranges of ages and uh, ability levels too. What do you think leads to those generations, like chunks of generations believing the way that they do? Like any thoughts on that? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I um, definitely. So, you know, traditionalists grew up with the attitude. And, and when I say traditionalists, I'm talking about people over the age of 75. And many of them are still working. Sometimes it's volunteer work. Sometimes it's part time. My aunt, for example, is a full time school psychologist. She's talking to grade school and high school age kids. So they grew up, you do the right thing. Work is what you do. Work is responsibility. Work is to provide for your family and nothing more. So when you say, I want my work to have meaning, they're going to say, yeah, it does. <laughs> You're getting a paycheck, you know, and, and then you move into the boomers and you could kind of separate younger and older boomers, but boomers grew up in a very competitive environment. We grew up with lots of consumerism, you know, TVs in every home, the American dream. If you work hard enough, you can own any sporty car you want. You can have anything you want. So we still tend to be very competitive. And we also grew up with moms that were at home. And that influenced us too, because if mom's at home, you don't really have to be super independent. You know, you're going to come home and she's going to be taking care of things. And so boomers are very competitive. They're workaholics. They like a legacy. They like to own stuff. <laughs> and they do have the most wealth of any generation still today. Wow. So when you think about working with a boomer and you're a millennial, you, you, you have to understand that they're going to think things should always be done the way they did them because they're used to being the biggest generation. And they're also going to think that it's all about work. You know, you got to be at work at 730. They want that FaceTime. Don't think of the cell phone, think of being face to face. Um, and then Gen X, they have a completely different view. They were the latchkey kids. They grew up with mom and dad probably divorced, you know, coming home to an empty house, making things work for themselves, um, home computers. So they're very tech savvy compared to the boomers as a generation, and they're very independent. They really like work life balance. So don't call them at home at night. <laughs> As, unless they're your real estate agent, <laughs> don't, you know, they, they have a different view. And then along come millennials who are very relationship driven, tend to be children of boomers, um, tend to like to have fun. They like games. They grew up playing video games. Right. And even though they didn't have mom at home, the families were smaller and safety was a big factor. You know, all of a sudden in the 70s, kids are disappearing and they're not coming home. So by the time millennials were being born in the early 80s, parents were very, very particular. And I'm one of those parents. I mean, we were very protective. And we usually had two kids, you know, unlike our families where you had four or five. So parents were very, you know, hovering over helicopter parents, 
make sure the kids are safe, go to every single game because our parents didn't come to ours. So we're going to go to every single, you know, soccer game, baseball game. We're very engaged and it's the safety, the smaller families and the, hey, we're not going to do it like our parents. We're going to make sure our kids have an advantage. You know, they're going to get those little trophies. <laughs> they're going to get in the best schools. And, and voila, we have the millennials. <laughs> everybody's an individual too. So don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, everybody's an individual, but those are definitely factors that influence the way we come to work, our expectations, you know. Yeah, that's really interesting. Kind of how you're talking about that is almost like, the generation before you, the generation underneath is looking at that generation before is like, you know, didn't really like some of the things that was going on there. Let's shift something. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have, right. We want to have fun. And then you mentioned have large families and then it went down to smaller families. So I don't know if you've thought into this, this you just got me thinking, right? So I, I, I'm not, I'm not requiring you to have an awesome answer on this. I'm just curious. So with, with what you're seeing with the generations, how do you see that Gen Z shaping the next generation? What may be coming after the Gen Z generation? Well, the next generation will think of this pandemic as history. Mm. And that's an influence too. You know, Gen Z is going through a really rough time. They're having to start that dream job or that new job remotely working virtually. And there's some real burnout with that with Gen Z where they want to be face to face. Gen Z likes to communicate face to face more than millennials, which is interesting. They're not going to be as prone to want to text you. They actually want to see you. So this has been very stressful for them. And they're also finishing college, you know, trying to go to school with masks on and not able to do the things that, you know, we would think are normal. A lot of Gen Zers have missed proms. All of those things are like a rite of passage they've missed. So they're very practical, very pragmatic, very cautious, very safety oriented. And what that does to alpha, which we believe is going to be the next generation, I don't know, because alpha will be the children, technically speaking, of millennials, even though some of the Gen Zers are children of millennials. Um, So what do you think? You're a millennial. How will you, Uh, how are you raising your kids or, you know, what, what do you think is going to influence parenting? Because that's, that's the very first component of how we look at the world is we see the world through our parents' eyes. Yeah, that, that's a, man, that is a great question. I didn't think about it. I am a millennial that's has, that has three in that next generation there. You know, and one of the things we've been thinking into, and, you know, this may be going off topic a little bit, but a lot of the people in my generation was that fatherless generation right where there weren't many fathers in in the home and you mentioned mothers taking Mm -hmm. care of and they're not at home because they're working right trying to support those single mother homes and uh i guess kind of what i'm seeing there in i guess in my circle of influence is that traditional family of mom and dad and it being very family focused is kind of what i see in kind of our home and then our friend circle as well with have the mom and dad and it's very family focused so where mm-hmm. that'll be not exactly sure Sean <laughs> yeah so um, you're going back to a traditional family style is I think what I'm hearing you say you're really recognizing the balance of you know being at home and having family dinner together or going to activities together um, and that that makes perfect sense to me 
you're pushing back. You know, we always push back against the things that we didn't like. Yeah. So if we didn't like having mom working and dad not around, then we're going to push back and we're going to say, I'm not going to do that. I mean, for my own children, I will tell you that they are not going to be prone to make a corporate move across the country with their family to climb the ladder. They're just not going to do that. And that's very frustrating to some of the boomers who did that, you know, and older Gen Xers too, who have moved three, four five times, uprooting their kids, pulling them out of school to get that next promotion. And then especially younger millennials and sometimes older millennials too are saying, we're not going to do that. Like that's, you know, we're just not going to do that. Yeah, we'll just go build our own business. We're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that's what happens. You know, and I think uh, the pandemic has just encouraged that people are pushing back the great resignation. They're saying, you know what? Quality of life means something. Yeah. You know, money's important, but quality of life is important, too. So so within the companies, I'm kind of seeing that a little bit. A lot of the companies I'm working with having a hard time find new workers or people to show up? Do you feel like maybe that's where that transition is coming? People are going into entrepreneurship or mm-hmm. kind of here's what you're saying. Yeah. And I think millennials um, were the generation, you're, you're the generation that have started that trend and then the pandemic's just encouraged it. And I'm even seeing people that are willing to do two or three jobs as long as they have the flexibility to do them on their own time and be with family and not be, you know, making a major, your commute every day and then, you know, sitting in a cubicle all day or being on the job, you know, being on the factory floor or whatever. Um, they're just not willing to do that. They want to be at their kids' basketball games. They don't, you know, they don't want it. They don't want to sacrifice all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, Sean. So you went, went into your sales training, those kind of things. You went into John Maxwell, but now you, you've got a very, uh, very interesting kind of area that you focus in on. What, what kind of clicked with you? What, what caused you to say, you know what, I see an opportunity here. I see a need here. What, what was it that triggered that? Well, there were a couple of things that triggered it. First of all, um, I'm a younger boomer, but I'm getting older. And I knew that the last time I interviewed for a job, I won't name the company, but I knew it was so obvious that there was age discrimination. Age discrimination against any of us that were over the age of 50, I'll say, maybe even 45, um, those more experienced sales professionals. Uh, And we actually had a conversation, those of us interviewing in the waiting area, we actually talked about it, you know, and and the, the 30 year olds were getting the job even though we were qualified. So that was kind of a wake up call. And then I started realizing all the corporations that were starting to push out our friends that were a few years older, you know, you're in your early sixties, we're kind of done with you now. And hire young people, nothing wrong with hiring young people, you absolutely should be doing that. But these are the people that understand how we got here and they can help those younger people keep from making the same mistakes, you know, navigate their future. Add to that um, the fact that I started hearing from my millennial nieces and nephews and my own kids that they weren't being listened to. They were going to jobs where they weren't being heard and they were just expected to assimilate, you know, take on the, the values and the attitudes and the expectations of those older than them. And, and they were like, yeah, but how happy are you? How does that work for you? And so that combination of the frustrations of the younger generations and, um, you know, the, the pushing out of anyone over the age of maybe 55 
uh, just really struck me in a way that I thought this is this isn't right. I want to talk to people about this. I want to help where I can. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I, I think what you're doing is a powerful thing. And you mentioned one of the ways that you kind of get, I guess, teams to start working together on that is, is really start understanding one another from their point of view, the empathy component. But how do you get kind of teams to get on the same page? You got you got a boomer generation, like you mentioned, that work hard, long hours, be there on time. And you got millennials that are like, hey, you know, let's take it easy, you know, take it easy, relax a little bit. Let's make this flexible. Like, how do you get them to work together? There, there's power in what, what you mentioned both of them bring. You got experience and, and expertise and knowledge, and you got creativity and innovation and energy. So yeah. how, how do you get on the same page? <laughs> I think it all starts with respect. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that I started hearing this all the time a couple of years ago. In fact, Drew and I have talked about this. You know, uh, everybody wants respect. They want to feel valued. So we have to respect the, the boomers and some of the older coworkers for what they bring to the table. If they can't figure out an app, don't get mad at them. <laughs> Show them how to use it. You know, if they're using Zelle for the very first time, walk them through it in a nice way. <laughs> If you've got someone at your bank who wants to write a check for cash, just let them do it and don't, don't look down your nose at them. Then the flip side of that respect discussion is, you know, respect, we've kind of left out Gen X. Sometimes they're a quieter generation, but a lot of them are the sandwich generation. They have kids, they have aging parents. Respect their need to get off and take mom to the doctor. You know, respect them for what they're bringing to the workplace. Respect that they were early adapters of technology. They know some things that you might not know. And then respect the millennials. You know, they're, they're making great changes. They have great ideas. They're very innovative. And much of what they're saying is not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, we have to respect the things that the millennials are bringing to the workplace, which is in many ways... Um, has been a real wake-up call, and that is that life is not all about work. Yeah. But then we have Gen Zers, and they're coming in, they're tech-dependent, and they're so comfortable with things like videos. I was just talking to someone who owns their own insurance firm, and I said, why are you not hiring younger people? Why? Well, it's hard to get along with them, and I don't know what they want, and I don't know what they expect, and so we'll get to know them. You know, they can make some quick videos to promote your insurance business, you, you want to capture those customers. They're buying cars. They're buying homes. You know, get those Gen Zers in there and listen to their ideas. So, yeah, it starts with respect. Let's respect everyone for what they bring to the table and try to understand why they think like that. Yeah. I bet you find out pretty quickly you share a lot of the same values. I think you're right. I, I think that's an excellent point. That's that the empathy understanding people from their point of view and then respecting people. I think that's a great foundation starting point. So let's say, say we've got an entrepreneur, we've got a business owner, somebody out there, a leader of a team that's listening to this. It's like, Sean, look, if you can just give me one thing I got, look, these people are not getting along. They don't understand, but I want to help facilitate them to, to come together. If, if, if you had like one little key for them to initiate, what, what, what might that be? Open the dialogue, you know, I mean, come to the table. Yeah, if you have a conference room or you have something, bring teams together, share ideas, find the common ground. 
so important to find common ground. And we're, we're always looking for the differences as human beings. We just tend to sort that way. You know, we sort by, well, you're different than me in this way. But if you come to the table, and especially if you, if you focus on values, what's important to you, you'll find out pretty quickly that we have a lot of the same values and then build on that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So as the leader, that's, that's your role. That's your responsibility is open up the dialogue. I like that. Bring them to the table. I like that. Yeah. Well, Sean, um, I really, that's, that's some great stuff. I see a bunch of books behind you. I just, <laughs> what are you reading right now? Oh, right now I'm reading a couple of new books on generational differences. And I don't think that they're behind me actually. <laughs> Um, but there's a brand new book out about learning and development based on generations. And that's a great book. And I apologize. I do not remember the, the author, uh, but that's a good book. I'm always looking for whatever's new because it's changing so quickly. Our world is just changing like crazy. I do have my own new book out in March. This is the cover and um, that will be available on Amazon. Strategies for Generations at Work. Nice. Okay. So uh, at the very end, guys, when did you say that comes out? Sean? Uh, March 17. It'll be okay. available on Amazon. Okay. So by the time this podcast was re released, that should be a right around that same time. So Amazon, uh, one more time, the title of it, Sean? Strategies for Generational Inclusion at Work. And it's going to be a little square book. So if you're not a big reader, this is your book. <laughs> You can go through and pick a couple that you want to use at work and um, and try them out. Try them on. Wow. So that, that question right there, just, just ask right there. That would be a great resource for you as you're leading your team and trying to get, get people to collaborate. That's awesome. That's a great resource. You know, something, Sean, that uh, what I've heard in your story so far, and I, I just want to call attention to it because I love love kind of what you've said. You're in sales for a while. You're going for a role, didn't get it. You saw a need in the marketplace. And I love how when I ask you the question, what do you read now? It's something that you're diving into for the people that you serve. And, right. and how you made yourself, you know what, I'm going to dig into this. I'm going to be an expert in this space right here. And one of the ways I'm going to be an expert is to commit to my own personal growth and development in this area. I, I just want to just want to applaud you on that. I think that is awesome that you're doing that. Um, and, the, and the fact that you said too, that things are constantly changing. So you've got to stay up to date. Mm -hmm. I, I tell just through that, that you serve your people well. So I think that's awesome. I think that's Thank awesome. You. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sean, you have added a ton, a ton of value today. And so say somebody is listening and they wanted to touch base with you on, hey, I'd love to either bring Sean in to work with my team or maybe do some coaching so she can help me as I lead my team. Or, hey, I just want, I got questions about her book. How would somebody get in touch with you, Sean? It's very simple. My website is seanjohnsonspeaks.com. You know, there is a very famous Sean Johnson who's a gymnast. <laughs> so it's, it's seanjohnsonspeaks.com. And my contact information is right there on the front page. Can't miss it. Awesome. Well, we will include that in the show notes so you can 
easily click that link, get in touch with Sean, but it's Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Johnson Speak. Yeah, just like the gymnast, if anybody knows her, I often get on a call and they'll say, oh man, we thought it was going to be the gymnast. (laughs) (laughs) So they're kidding, of course, but. (laughs) Lucky you, you got me. Yeah. Uh, or, or Sean, any, any any last thoughts or anything that uh, you wanted to share that may add value to anybody that may be listening today before we wrap up? Well, I'll just say that when you build a team with generational inclusion, where everybody feels valued and respected and has something to bring to the table, everything else falls into place. You're able to attract the best people, motivate the best people and keep them. And in today's world, I think most organizations want to keep the really good people working with them. So Mm. I would 100% agree. People are looking for talent right now. Talent. Yes. It's a big, it's a big challenge. So uh, it's all about inclusion. Everybody's got to feel like they bring something to the table. Yeah, that's awesome. So SeanJohnsonSpeaks.com. If you have questions or just wanted to reach out and, uh, touch base with Sean about how she may be able to help you and your team or help you personally. Uh, I know she'd love to do that. Book comes out on the date, March? March 17th. 17th there. So you can check that out, y'all, and uh, be on Amazon. So, Sean, I greatly appreciate your time today. I know you you have added a ton, a ton of value. So thank you for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate being able to talk about my favorite subject. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you, you do a great job and I can hear your heart for it too and your passion. So that is, that is great. Well, thank you guys for taking a listen to Principles with Corey and Logan. If this, if this has added value to you, make sure you like and subscribe. And then if you have a question that you would like to, to say or share, if you've got a comment that you would like for us to pass along to Sean, comment below. We'll make sure she gets that. And we just want to say thank you for taking a listen. We hope it has added value to you today. You guys have a great day and God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself? Audit yourself and change your life. Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And hey, we value your feedback and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?